0: Hello and welcome to the NLA Podcast with me, Richard Blanco. The election is coming on December the 12th and I've been looking with some intrepidation at the political party's manifestos. I'm joined today by Mira Chinduroy, NLA Policy and Public Affairs Manager, to get a handle on just how these might affect the private rented sector. So welcome back to the NLA Podcast, Mira. Hi, Richard. Now, um, I thought we'd start off by doing a comparative analysis, if you like, um, of the proposed changes on all those areas that might affect us of course the hot topic or hot potato <laughs> is the section 21 changes or potential changes um, let's just run through that first of all and also sort of general security of tenure stuff uh, We were hoping that the Conservatives might not um, follow through their proposed abolition of Section 21. That is no-fault eviction. But, unfortunately, we had some news the other day. To to the contrary, didn't we?
1: Yes, the Conservatives disappointed some. with their Queen's speech earlier in the year by not mentioning housing at all, um, which did raise the hopes of landlords that Section 21 might fall by the wayside as a as the proposal for abolition uh, and the consultation on that continues, or rather we await the response on it.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, but the uh, the proposal in the manifesto is that there will be an abolition of section twenty one. They've said that this will go alongside strengthening landlords' possession rights, but there's no clear uh, detail about what strengthening landlord possession rights means. Um, and it looks to us like it would. It's just going ahead with the proposals which they had already put out in the consultation earlier in the year.
0: Which makes you think, what's the point in a consultation, really? Because, (laughs) mind you, a lot of landlords will be familiar with licensing consultations where they're asked what they think and then the council kind of, some would argue, just does what it was going to do anyway. Um, And interestingly, the Conservatives have said that they will reform the court system, but again with no detail at all.
1: No, and uh, this has been something which we've been waiting for the government to respond on since the consultation on the case for a housing court uh, closed at the beginning of this year. So it's been almost 12 months now, um, and we still are no clearer about what commitment they will make in terms of fully funding the courts and potentially uh, introducing a specialist housing court or even specialist hearings within the county court. so it was disappointing to see the Conservatives committing to the abolition of Section 21, but not really recognising the need for landlords to have certainty when they have legitimate mean, reasons to regain possession.
0: And let's just underline what a big challenge reforming the courts would be. And we're talking about new structures and also changing culture, but whilst you've got a massive backlog anyway. So, you know, it, it's it's a very big task, isn't it? Which is why it's it, it's concerning for lots of landlords that this seems to have been dealt with in a somewhat cursory way. But let's move on to what the other parties are planning um, on security of tenure because The Labour Party are are also, are they proposing the same as the Conservatives in the sense that they want to abolish Section 21 and have open-ended tenancies?
1: Yes, that's right. So on the security of tenure side of things, uh, there's not really very much difference between the the three main parties. Um, But with Labour, they've also, alongside that, proposed rent controls. So limiting rent increases to inflation and introducing Powers for cities to limit rents further. This comes back to the proposals which the Mayor of London has made around introducing rent control as a way to artificially push down rents in London and address the affordability uh, challenge that there is in the city. So that is a particularly challenging proposal for landlords, and I think uh, our polling earlier in the year suggested that uh, the abolition of the introduction of rent controls was the only thing uh, less popular with landlords than the abolition of Section 21.
0: And it has been panned by economists, those proposals, by the Mayor of London, which were actually very thin and lacking in detail when they were made, I think, earlier on this year. Um, and it seems that it's the Mayor of London that's kind of chomping at the bit to, to use those powers once they would be um, afforded to him by a potential Labour government, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. He doesn't have those powers at the moment and he's strongly advocating that those powers should be devolved to him as the London Mayor. Um, It's not likely that a Conservative government would support that. They haven't suggested that in their proposals, but if there were a Labour government then obviously he would be much more likely to have the support of a national government on that front.
0: Now the Lib Dems are also in favour of those inflationary increases, which are not too terrifying for most landlords, I mean given inflation is well, if it's CPI, it's it's 1.5% or thereabouts at the moment, isn't it? But interestingly, the Lib Dems are sticking to this three-year tenancies idea that Ed Miliband first floated, didn't he, around? I think it came from a shelter policy or proposal, actually, around 2012. Um, and they're also talking about inflationary increases. Anything else? The Dems. Um,
1: so today they've just uh, confirmed that they do support the abolition of Section Twenty One as well. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there's no there's no difference between the three parties on that front. Uh, I'm not quite sure why it wasn't in their manifesto commitment, but they have mm. released that as part of their wider commitment to ending rough sleeping.
0: There seems to be a sort of competing with the Joneses kind of thing going on with abolition of Section Twenty One, and it seems that all three main parties think that that. Should be the default position now.
1: Yes, I think that it's a reflection of the changing nature of the private rented sector. It's doubled in size over the last ten to fifteen years, uh, and now is now a fifth of the proportion of the total um, housing supply in in the country. Um, and the demographics of the people who live in the PRS is also changing. So you have more families living. In private accommodation for longer periods, you have older people living in private accommodation, um, private rented accommodation, and uh, people staying in the private rented sector for their lifetimes. So, um, whichever government, whatever colour it is, is going to want to address that issue and shift the nature of the private rented sector so that it is a, a feasible option for those who want that security of tenure. Um, the challenge is that the government so far and the proposals from the parties so far haven't addressed the issue that landlords need to have certainty in order to be confident to invest in the sector. And our research uh, and analysis from Capital Economics earlier this year suggested that if Section 21 is removed and there's no reform of the courts, um, the proportion of homes, uh, of dwellings in the private rental sector could fall by a fifth and the proportion of dwellings available to tenants and receipts of benefits could fall by 59%. Um, those figures would be significantly reduced with court reform, But we haven't had that commitment from anyone that court reform would come before any reforms to security of tenure.
0: Yes, well, um, we may come back to this later because I want to talk about what the polls are telling us and who might form the next government. Let's move through some of the other issues. Um, There's licensing, isn't there? And I think uh, licensing, uh, property licensing, is kind of absent from the Conservative manifesto. But the Labour and Lib Dem manifestos both say that they want to bring in nationwide licensing. Is is that right? Right.
1: Yes, that's right. Although we don't have any detail about exactly what that would entail, um, whether it would be uh, individual landlords being licensed or continuation of the pro- individual properties being licensed, so um, we really need a bit more information on that. But yes, the Conservatives didn't mention anything about licensing in their manifesto. However, they did. Uh, the government, previous government, did complete a review of licensing earlier this year, which essentially confirmed that the status quo would continue.
0: And a lot of these policies um, affect mostly England, don't they? Because, of course, Scotland has their own tenancy type, the RPTs, and Wales already has a, a national licensing scheme, and Scotland has a national register. So, um, by nationwide, I guess they mean England, really, don't they, with with licensing? Yes. How, um. uh,
1: housing is a devolved issue, so the private rental sector, when they refer to that in their manifestos, they're talking only about
0: England. Now, um, housing benefit and universal credit, of course, is still very topical, um, particularly as local housing allowance has been frozen for, I think it's four years. And now the Labour Party say they want to end that freeze and I think also the Liberal Democrats say they want local housing allowance to be linked to average rents. Interesting, Labour Party is saying back to the 30th percentile, which is where the Tories moved it to, I think in 2014, if I remember rightly, or it might have been earlier.
1: Yeah, so this is quite positive news for landlords. Um, It's been a challenge that the uh, local housing allowance has been frozen since uh, 2015-2016, and in many areas it, it isn't reaching the levels of the market rent and it's becoming increasingly difficult to maintain a business um, at the local housing allowance rate so this is positive news for landlords and it shows that there is a commitment across the board to to addressing the challenge that the freeze on local housing
0: allowances. And in fact, I think the Labour Party are also saying they're in favour of direct payments to landlords of housing allowance, which is a a positive as well, isn't it, I think. Um, But they're saying they want to ban the exclusion of housing benefit tenants. So this kind of no DSS, you know, out of date term, but that's what you still see quite a bit, wouldn't be allowed. Is that right, Mira?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting um, approach which they've put in their manifesto saying that landlords should be prevented from excluding such tenants, which I would imagine means banning no-DSS type adverts, uh, which is a policy which the Conservative government hasn't gone as far as banning, but they are working very hard on um, removing the no-DSS adverts from the market. Um, So... It would be difficult for Labour to compel landlords to accept uh, tenants and receive of benefits uh, if they can't afford. The property, but there have
0: been one or two cases where people have argued claimants have argued that on the grounds of being single parents it could be discrimination. I think one settled out of court, and I think one went through court. I don't remember correctly.
1: Uh, so mm. Shelter has been mm. bringing a number of cases, and uh, so far they've all been settled. Oh, they've all court. been
0: settled. Okay, so yeah. there've been a number of cases, right? Mm. Yeah,
1: um, so there isn't a there isn't a uh, there isn't a court precedent on whether it does constitute discrimination under the Equality Act. Um, But uh, in order for it to be seen as discrimination legally, it would require a judgment from the court to show that there is discrimination under the Equality Act.
0: Mm. I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? Uh, Housing benefit has been frozen for all of these years, so it. And we know that, I think it's something like 79% of landlords who have tenants who are in arrears. In those cases, the tenants are on universal credit or housing benefit. So it's very difficult for landlords to operate in that market uh, with that high level of risk. And yet we've also got the manifestos, or certainly the Labour Party one, saying that landlords must take (laughs) tenants on housing benefit. Uh, So it's quite a a lot of pressure for landlords and seems quite unfair. It seems like a no-win situation, really, for the landlord. Um, I see that the Labour Party doesn't want to continue with universal credit, but the Lib Dems are saying they want to reform it, and the Conservative Party are kind of marching ahead with it. Um, So just to note that, I guess, really. Um, and in terms of other regulation, gosh, long list from the Labour Party manifesto, isn't there? Um, shall we plough through some of yes, that? Sure. Ending right to rent, uh, uh, minimum property standards, ending the right to buy of council homes, giving councils powers to buy back homes, we think possibly council houses or properties that landlords have bought in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just to start us off. Perhaps I'll go through the rest of the list. A levy for second holiday homes, um, uh, regulation of short-term lets, um, fire safety officers and uh, increased regulation around that, £1 billion for a fire safety fund ending rough sleeping over the next five years by upgrading hostels and providing 8,000 additional homes, and ending the sale of new leasehold homes as well. So lots in there, isn't there, Mira?
1: Yes, there is. And particularly for the private renter sector, there's a a focus on uh, regulation. Um, The proposal to have new minimum standards is accompanied by a proposal to have so-called property MOTs, so that would be an annual check on the property um, to make sure it's up to standard, and it's accompanied by a uh, proposal to increase the potential fines and penalties for landlords who don't meet those standards up to a hundred thousand pounds. It's thirty thousand
0: at the moment, isn't exactly. it? Yes. So yeah. it's a mm.
1: significant change. Mm. Um, that would be would have to be uh, accompanied with. Uh, increased enforcement. So there would have to be that um, allied investment in the enforcement at a local authority level to ensure that Labour are actually going to see the impact of any of those changes.
0: It's hugely ambitious, isn't it, <laughs> Mira? And what I'm also thinking about is at the same time, I think it's five industries that are going to be nationalised and, you know, this government is going to be very, very busy, isn't it? This uh, proposed Labour government.
1: Yes, and... Uh, Today, the uh, Institute of Fiscal Studies has suggested that both uh, the Conservatives and Labour have failed to ac- account for the total. Well, on the Conservative side, they haven't accounted for the total cost of their proposals, and on the Labour side, they have potentially promised to uh, spend more than they might be able to. <laughs> so, um, so it's it's it, the the proposals in the manifesto are subject to scrutiny, um, and I think we would have to see what shape the next government takes to, as to what will actually be
0: realistic. Well, it's interesting to see how the Conservative Party manifesto certainly feels like this kind of safety first, don't put too much in there, uh, the, the elections there is to lose, mm-hmm. whereas the Labour Party manifesto seems to be quite ambitious, very expensive, quite interventionist in some ways as well. And, uh, you know, kind of a very long wish list. <laughs> Everything is thrown in there, isn't it? Um, the Lib Dem manifesto is probably somewhere in in, in the middle, um, uh, but certainly not as ambitious, I guess, as, as the Labour Party one. In terms of regulation, they too, we think, want to end Right to Rent because they say they want to end the hostile environment yes. that was created by Theresa Mayer on immigration. Um, interestingly a help-to-rent scheme for under-30s, and also 500% council tax on second homes. (laughs) Why stop there? Why not make it (laughs) 100,000%?
1: So, um, yeah, both the Lib Dems and uh, the Conservatives have put forward proposals to support younger renters. So the Lib Dems have put forward a potential government-backed deposit um, loan, for first-time renters under the age of 30, the Conservatives have talked about um, a lifetime deposit scheme, which uh, my reading of it suggests is probably deposit passporting, which is something that they've been talking about for a while and there was a consultation on earlier this year as well. Um, They don't seem to have committed to a loan, it's uh, just to enable people to be able to transfer the deposit between tenancies much more easily. Mm. with regard to the uh, Lib Dem proposals around council tax, yes, a five up to five hundred percent surcharge <coughs> where homes are being where properties are being bought as second homes. Um, I it's not exactly clear yet, but I would suggest that probably wouldn't affect private landlords unless the home is uh, a, an empty home, essentially being used as a holiday home. Mm. Um, so we yeah need to see a bit more detail around those proposals
0: looking at other tax changes interestingly both the conservative party and the lib dems want to charge an additional stamp duty on on purchasers who are not uk resident and then the main headline from the labor party is that they want to charge 45% tax over 80,000 and 50% tax over 125,000 which may affect some landlords Uh, And then, of course, capital gains tax under the labour proposals would be payable at marginal rates, which could be 45 and 50% instead of the 28% which you would pay if you were at that tax level at the moment. What do you think about those stamp duty changes?
1: The stamp duty changes, I think, um, are unsurprising given the... uh, Given the political environment that we're in at the moment, um, and there is a particular concern about overseas buyers um, ramping property prices up by buying investments that they don't actually live in. So I think that's what the two stamp duty surcharges are aimed at trying to batten down. A but there is
0: an argument that most um, overseas buyers do rent their properties out. It's actually not very many of them that leave them empty. Um, and. Also, the market is quite subdued at the moment, so actually, overseas buyers are helping to sustain it, particularly in prime central London.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I think sometimes the uh, wider political environment has, a, has an impact on certain policies, and I think this, as with the surcharge, the three three percent surcharge, which private landlords have been battling with recent over the past few years, um, this is. Probably seen as quite a populist policy.
0: So, the idea, presumably, uh, I would imagine that most overseas buyers do have more property, so they're already paying the 3% surcharge anyway, they're going to pay another surcharge on top of that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Now, briefly on house building, um, the Conservatives say I think 1 million over the next five years, Uh, the Lib Dems, 300,000 per year, 100,000 of which would be for social rent the Labour Party 150,000 council or social uh, housing properties per year. So they all want to build a lot of houses. And of course, the big question is whether it's sustainable or achievable, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think the challenge is that successive governments have failed to meet their house building targets. So how would is the next government going to make sure that that happens? Um, There will also be challenges if we do leave the um, European Union. Where is the workforce going to come from in order to uh, sustain that level of house building?
0: Yes, I mean, it feels like there's quite a lot of unjoined up thinking going on in all of these proposals, actually. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think if we're going to Brexit, do we really want to turn off... Uh, overseas buyers in this way and also if we're going to Brexit are we as you say going to have the workers that are able to help us build that many houses and will we have as buoyant a rental market if not so many people are migrating to the UK as well so yeah
1: absolutely we've seen um, in our recent member surveys that members are feeling uh, at their least confident about the market that in since the survey started back in the mid-2000s so the challenges of the uncertainty around brexit and in particular parts of the country the the fall in demand which some members have um, have assigned to the fall in demand from EU workers um, really does present a challenge for for landlords going forward and I think that certainty is needed in order to uh, even out the market a bit more
0: Okay, well, moving on. I wanted to talk about this idea of political homelessness with you, Mira, because um, it seems that none of the parties are particularly interested in landlords' votes, are they? I mean, there are two point five million of us, but uh, maybe we're just a drop in the ocean.
1: The challenge is that there are eleven million people renting, so the option for parties is: do we appeal to the eleven million, or do we appeal to the two point five? And the £11 million, um, is a very attractive, uh, attractive choice. Um, they
0: tend to be younger as well, don't they? They tend
1: to be younger, um, and the Conservatives particularly found at the last election that much of the shift towards Labour, the unexpected uh, hung Parliament, well, minority government, um, led to... Um, was was driven by the renter vote and and a large proportion of renters voting for Labour. Um, So it is a challenge for the Conservatives to appeal to the younger voters um, and to ensure that they aren't challenged uh, in areas where they might not have expected to be.
0: Now, I hear a lot of people saying, not just landlords, I don't know who I want to vote for. I'm not sure I'm particularly attracted to any of the three. I've heard that more in this election than I have in any other elections. It's anecdotal, of course, but um, do we have much evidence about how landlords might vote?
1: We did some surveying earlier this year, soon after the government um, proposed to abolish Section 21, and landlords showed that they really didn't want to vote for the Conservatives, so um, more than two-thirds of those who we surveyed had voted Conservative in the 2017 election, but only a quarter of those people said that they would vote Conservative if a vote, if an election were held today. Today was in May though, so quite a lot has changed since then. We've got a different leader of the party, um, we've progressed with Brexit talks, um, so it's hard to uh, it, it's hard to foresee who landlords might choose to vote for. Given all of the parties have shown quite a disdain for uh, landlords' needs in terms of being able to run their business as well.
0: This is it. I mean, I've been thinking landlords house twenty percent of the population, but appear to have become political pariahs, and. I'm wondering are we stuck with this now for a generation and uh, and if so, how on earth do we turn it around?
1: I think the challenge for landlords is to make the case for there to be a balance in the market and we've seen for um, recent years um, that the conversation has been about there being an imbalance in favour of landlords. Um, the proposals which the parties are putting forward now, perhaps shift things too far the other way, and particularly if Section 21 is abolished uh, without having accompanying reforms at the courts. um, This would really push a lot of landlords out of the market or to reduce the size of their portfolios or to be much more selective about the types of tenants that they would let to, which would have a knock-on impact on the wider housing sector Mm. um, and be a challenge which... I don't think the previous government or the parties currently have really thought about how they would address. Um, So Landlords will continue to be an important part of the um, housing mix and uh, it's a matter of making the case for the private rented sector and its value as one of those choices.
0: Okay, we're looking at voting intention, and we're just over two weeks away from the election. The Conservatives uh, in the BBC sort of poll of polls, the poll tracker, are at 42%, the Labour Party at 30%, the Lib Dems at 15%, the Brexit Party at 5%, the SNP at 4% and the Greens at 3%. And an analysis on the 28th of November in the Times Analysis of the uh, various YouGov polls uh, says that that would uh, give the Conservatives 359 MPs, which is up 67, um, Labour 211, which is down 32, Lib Dems 13, which is down 7, and the SNP 43, which is up 8. Interestingly, that would leave Labour with two more MPs than Michael Fort had in 1983, which was a particular low point. So, it looks like we're heading for a Conservative majority, which, of course, means we're very likely then for Brexit to happen uh, because Boris Johnson has made sure that all of those Conservative uh, candidates that are lined up in the election are in favour of Brexit, or as many as possible. Um, And it would suggest that those proposals, the main one there, I guess, is the abolition of Section 21, uh, would come in. I mean, do you think, first of all, that the Conservatives have kind of sidestepped the consultation that we all carried out in good faith (laughs) and we all contributed to in good faith?
1: Well, the consultation was pitched as, um, this is our policy and we want to know how to make it work. Actually, there wasn't really much in the consultation about whether you disagreed with the idea of abolishing Section 21. It was more about the detail about how that would happen. Um, so the Conservative Party had already stated that, that, that it was its policy that Section 21 would end. Um, I think this manifesto hasn't moved that on. Uh, it's just confirmed that the Boris Johnson administration would continue with that policy uh, when it had been seen as a, a, a policy of the Theresa May government.
0: Hmm. And I hear landlords already talking about how they're going to work with this new system, and, you know, I'm conscious that if you give notice at the beginning, according to the consultation, that you're going to sell the property or potentially move into it, then after two years, um, a judge would grant that, or uh, we don't know if it'd be mandatory, I guess, or discretionary under the new Section 8, however it might work. Um, I mean... The fact that landlords are starting to think how we're going to work with this system, I guess, is, do you think it's sensible for us to be thinking in that way, Mira? I mean, another one that I've heard landlords talking about is let's hope we get an accelerated process as well. I mean, what do you think is the best we can hope for?
1: I think the outcome of the consultation should show um, the impact that some of those proposals will have on the sector and things like having to give prior notice. We proposed um, having to give prior notice that you have the intention to sell or that you may need a family member to move into the property actually complicates things because most landlords will just include that anyway in their tenancy agreement as a a way to protect themselves in case their circumstances change in the future. so we really need to see what the outcome is of the consultation response from the government once it's in post. Um, and uh, a lot of the proposals in the consultation I think will see some shift uh, in exactly how they will work and and the potentially the grounds or details about the grounds. Um, a consultation is intended to be just that, a consultation. So uh, I, I wouldn't rely on the detail that's in the consul- that was published in the consultation. Wait and see what comes out from the government's response because that will really give you the indication of where things are going.
0: And timing-wise, the government's going to have a lot on its plate. So I'm saying to people not for a couple of years or you know, the new system won't come in for some time. Do you agree with that, Mia?
1: I think it really depends on which government we get. Um, A Conservative government may not prioritise it, whereas a Labour government almost certainly would. Um, So it really depends on the government that we get. The quickest that we might be able to expect it to go from uh, first being discussed in Parliament through to enforced legislation is a year. It depends on the transition period after the legislation is passed before it comes into force. And it depends on exactly when the government has parliamentary time in order to introduce the legislation in the first place.
0: And just to be clear, the consultation did say that existing tenancies would not be affected. It would be new tenancies from the date. Um, yes, so um, the, the
1: consultation says that, mm. that it wouldn't be retrospective. So if you have an existing tenancy that continues past the date, um, you'd still be able to use Section 21 for that existing tenancy.
0: Okay, well if the uh, opinion polls are correct, and we do get a Conservative Government, it sounds like there will be quite a lot of negotiation (laughs) going on uh, in, in the next couple of years around what exactly the new framework looks like. Um, But that's it for this podcast. Uh, We'd be interested to hear any thoughts or experiences that you would like to share. And you can tweet us at National Landlord or comment on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash National Landlord. You can catch up with previous editions on iTunes or via the news and campaign section of the NLA website, which is landlords.org.uk. My thanks to my guest, Miratine Duroy, and to you for listening.